I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, I'm Michael Morgan, and welcome to another edition of the Wokecast, the quarantine edition. And on this edition, I speak to Eric, your boy Anders, who takes on Christoph Jocko on this weekend's UFC card, which is headlined by Overeem versus Harris. Alistair Overeem takes on Walt Harris in a heavyweight clash. Also, I'll be speaking with Costello van Steenis. First up, here's Eric. It's a pleasure to welcome to this week's WOCast, Eric, your boy Anders. How you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing awesome and yourself. Thank you for having me. Well, first off, you know, how are you bearing up with obviously what effectively is a, a lockdown, almost house arrest? And how have you been managing to train given the conditions that we're now operating under? Um, man, to be honest with you, we never really stopped training. Uh, we've been kind of, you know, operating, uh, you know, against the law, if you will. You know, <laughs> Walt, Walt, Walt and I were supposed to fight uh, April 11th, and they canceled the fight. And, and so we knew that, you know, as soon as Dana White um, got the green light and was able to make fights happen, he would probably have all the guys that missed the fight or that had a fight canceled. They'd be first up, so... Uh, we decided to keep tra keep training because we kept hurt here and everything would open up in May. So, you know, we figured May would be the date. It would be the, you know, sometime in May we would fight. So we just, you know, kept it moving, kept it grinding. And, uh, you know, here we are. It's fight week. Feel good, feel great, in great shape. And, uh, you know, so it's been a long camp. So we're just ready to, to go out there and, and put it all on the line. So I take it that you um, were watching quite avidly the uh, or past weekend's UFC action, UFC 249, which went down uh, on Saturday. I mean, in terms of setting your mind at rest, if indeed you do have any worries about the protocol which uh, the UFC have got in place, how confident are you or how confident were you having had a look at how the UFC actually dealt with um, the event under these new conditions? Um. Man, you know, like I said, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just glad the fighting is back. And, you know, now, now that we know that everything is like for sure 110% going to happen, uh, you know, it makes it even that much better. So, you know, you described, um, just rolling it back, if I say slightly, the uh, the training um that you actually were getting in. How were you able to get bodies as well? I mean, I can understand, you know, getting, you know, pads out, getting mitts out and uh, getting, working up a sweat. But how were you able to, to train for this with bodies? Uh, everybody here at the gym is bought out. The competition team is, uh, you know, bought into to what me and Walter are trying to do. They've been obviously a very uh, important piece of the puzzle because, you know, MMA, jiu-jitsu and, and boxing and, and you know you know combat sports is one of those things where 
man, you can't just, you know, drill on a dummy and get better. You can't just punch the bag and get better. Like, you need bodies to go out there and simulate opponents and, you know, give you the look that you need. And, uh, man, everybody on the team is just more than willing to do that. You know, they never miss the practice. And, you know, definitely, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, Walt and I are, are more than ready. So, obviously, you're talking about Walt Harris, who headlines alongside um, Alistair Overeem. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how, how is uh, Walt's mindset now? Obviously, we're all fully aware of what he went through um, several months back. And, um, you know, just from the looks of things, how is he actually bearing up? Man, Walt Sharp is attack right now, you know. Whenever, you know, Jim, the... Jim is home for him, you know. Um, it's just, you know, he he's in there like just like one of the guys. It's almost like nothing happened when he's in the gym training. So uh, I think that's when his mind is most at peace. You know, that's when I think he's the most himself. You know, you know, the gym man. It's just you know the camaraderie that we have with the guys in the gym and each other is is second to none. So I mean, just just on that camaraderie i mean in terms of like keeping your spirits up how does that actually look like in the gym i mean what what exactly are you are you doing to keep those spirits up besides training for what well all of you um man we just do a lot of team activities like the whole team got together to watch the fights this past weekend yeah uh you know I, i got a pool so we come over you know do pool workouts you know swim and stuff and you know, just being around each other, I think, um, you know, kind of the exact opposite of uh, what they tell you to do with social distancing. But, <laughs> you know, uh, to be honest, you know, we just kind of trust everybody. You know, go home or be at the gym. You know, don't 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 be going, getting on Tinder and, you know, swiping and, and you know, just being out and about and, you know, doing all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, if Walt and I get sick, we don't get paid, and then all this is for nothing. You see, that's what kind of like uh, leads me on to my next question. I mean, in terms of mindsets, where are you on um, the president? dance and that is president trump what he's basically saying is look we need to get back to business as quickly as possible we want everybody working in the next few weeks we're not talking months i mean are you of that mindset it, it sounds as though from what you've said already you're already there yeah like i said i never even <laughs> stopped training so you know i you know i'm not trying to be like you know uh insensitive to the coronavirus and stuff but i knew my number was going to get called you know i gotta be in shape i just can't show up i got cut weight i gotta be prepared i'm gonna get in a fist fight you know so maybe if i was working at you know at the bank or you know something like that then you know maybe i would just you know keep it at the house and you know order takeout every day <laughs> well, that wouldn't do anything for your uh, your fight at 185. I take it it is at 185. You are fighting it, right? It is, yep. Now, you face um, Christoph Jutko. I mean, what do you know about him? Man, the guy's uh, an MMA. He's a mixed martial artist, man. The fight's going to take place everywhere. There's going to be wrestling. There's going to be striking. There's going to be a lot of grappling. So, you know... 
Um, he's gotten wins everywhere. He's got submissions, knockouts, decisions. You know, so, uh, you know, I just got to be prepared to, to, for the fight to go anywhere. So, at the moment, you're on a two-fight win streak. What does a win over Jutko actually do for you? Um, you know, that'd be, it's, it's going to be huge. You know, he's a former top 10. Yeah. Um, um, you know, a guy in the middleweight division, you know, I think a win over him potentially puts me in the top 15. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, when you win, you take on two checks. So, you know, that, that's, uh, that's what's most important. I mean, speaking of what's important, what seems to be important to Dana White, getting back to the whole process of the fight business, is business as usual. Do you think, you know, it's slightly kind of insensitive, considering what's actually going on right now, to have sort of like a a gung-ho attitude of let's just get back to work? Or are, are you of the mindset that's kind of like, well, hold on a minute, we don't get paid if we don't work? Yeah, you know, um... You know, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, I like if I don't fight, I don't get paid. There is no – I didn't get a stimulus check. I didn't, you know. So, I need uh, I need my money. So, I'm going <laughs> to get my money. So, what is the protocol for this week? What what have the UFC actually laid on? Um, do, you, do you know the process that you're going to be going through when you actually uh, get to the venue, as in the fight hotel? Um, yeah, you go in and before you even can, uh, put your, you know, check into the hotel, you gotta get tested, um, for, uh, you know, you gotta get your Corona test and antibody tests and all that other stuff. Um, beyond that, man, I, I really have no idea. I'm just playing it by ear and, you know, we'll see what happens. And what were your thoughts? I know he's obviously in the same weight class as you, so I'm, I'm thinking that, you were going to be keeping an eye on him anyway, but what were your thoughts when Jacare actually tested positive last week and how, um, you know, he was dealt with? Um, you know, I don't have any thoughts, you know. Um, you know, it's a pretty communicable disease, so for, you know, for somebody to, you know, not have it, I, mean, I think is, you know, I think it would be more... Um, what do you call it, probable than somebody not having it. So I don't know. I don't have any thoughts or opinions, you know. Hopefully he didn't give it to anybody else. And, you know, hopefully Uriah Hall is all good. And, you know, they both made weight. So, you know, hopefully they both got paid. <laughs> I mean, God forbid, let, let's just, you know, try and keep positive here. But God forbid that it turns out that um, your opponent, Jotko, um, basically – has uh, the virus. I mean, how into the fight are you in that would you be happy to actually shelve that? Or if there was an actual other opponent available, would you be happy to swap that out just so that you get your fight? I mean, how keen to fight are you? Um, You know, I would love to fight, you know, especially right now. There's going to be everybody's watching right now. So, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd fight. I'd probably accept a new opponent. Um Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> well, in in terms of what transpired at the weekends, I mean, what were your thoughts around um, the whole event? I mean, what were the standout moments for you? Were there any particular fights that you had your eye on, for example? Uh, man, you know, I'm a Calvin Cater fan. 
and um, I like the way he fights. I like the fluidity and power that he has in his hands. And um, you know, I had him on my uh, on my parlay. So, um, and obviously, you know, outside of Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, man, I think the whole world was excited for that one. Anytime either one of those two guys fights, it doesn't even matter who they're fighting. Yeah. Um, but to be fighting somebody, you know, but for those two to be fighting each other, I think it was extra special, especially at a time like this. So, you know, me and everybody else who knows anything about MMA had our eyes on that fight as well. You, you, you're a bit of a betting man, and you, uh, you, you, you put your money where your mouth is when it comes to the fights, and actually you bet on the fights yourself, right? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not like, uh, I don't make a living on gambling. You know, I just do it for shits and giggles. Yeah. I had an 11-fight parlay. Um, How did you do? $20, $20 would have won me 17000 Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> you know. But I didn't hit, so you know I just lost my twenty dollars. <laughs> and what was your what were your thoughts on the on the main event? I mean, um, I, I have to say it was pretty spectacular. But what were your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know I think we saw an evolution in Justin Gaethje's game, man. I think that if he would have fought the way that I thought that he was going to fight, you know he probably loses that fight. Um, but he felt calculated, measured, precise, and uh, you know TKO. Tony Ferguson broke his face, which is, you know, to finish Tony Ferguson is a uh, is saying something in and of itself. Now, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. On um, this Saturday's card, um, I've got a feeling what your answer is going to be. But who have you got your eye on in particular, and how do you see that fight actually transpiring? Um. Man, there's so many. I, I keep getting everybody confused on the on the two cards. So really, the only person I know that is for sure fighting <laughs> is Walt. Yeah, outside myself. So you know, anytime the heavyweights take the stage, mm. it's always exciting to me because you know usually somebody's going to sleep, and I think it'll be over in this one. And you know, just just when you say um, he's going to go to sleep, obviously, you know, not um, not asking you to outline the game plan but you know just in your mind's eye how do you see that actually uh transpiring obviously we know the outcome or we, you've explained the outcome but how does that actually work out in practice how do you see that going down man walt just has the fastest hands you know probably in the middleweight heavyweight and light heavyweight division and uh when he's on when he's you know confident and you know lets him rip there ain't too many people that's gonna uh, be able to stop that <laughs> and obviously, finally, on to your fight. Um, you've obviously surely game planned this, and you've got in your mind's eye. I'm sure you visualised how that actually is going down. Just talk me through the actual walkout. What happens from walkout, getting into the cage, and the fight transpiring? What 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 what's the scenario here? Um, man, I just go out there, uh, be me. Be relentless, be in his face, give him pressure, and uh, walk out of there with a the win. <laughs> of course. Now, you know, obviously moving forward, looking at the the landscape, uh, and again, I know you've got it in your mind's eye that this is going to result in a win for you. On the landscape in terms of 185, are there any 
people who you kind of like sizing up, looking forward to getting into a tussle with? Any, anybody that kind of springs to mind that's obviously going to um, catapult your career and, um, well, ratchet you up the rankings? Oh, man, you know, I think a win over Jocko will do that. And uh, that's the only person I have my eyes on right now. <laughs> well, looking forward to seeing you back in the cage this coming Saturday. And um, I really do wish you all the best. Thank you again for all of your time. And um, just one final thing, though. Um, what's going to be the walkout music for this Saturday? Uh, man, y'all know I'm, I'm a bit of a gunslinger. So, you know, I walk out to that good band, the ugly theme song, you know, the whistle one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's my go-to. <laughs> I did say this was going to be my last question, but it's always intrigued me about your nickname. How did your boy come about? Um, That's just kind of how I talk, like help your boy out. You know, let your boy borrow $5. Your boy, your boy, your boy, your boy, your boy. And uh, a guy in the gym, Matt Elkins, uh, one of our pros, just, you know, just stuck a little bit. Joining me on the Wocast Lockdown Edition, it's the Spaniard, Costello Van Steenis. How you doing, my man? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm fine. Just enjoying the quarantine. <laughs> what do you say enjoying the quarantine? I mean, you're based in Holland, right? Yeah. So... Well, I'm, I'm, I'm for the quarantine, I'm staying in Spain. I drove over to Spain three, three nearly four weeks ago to... Uh, to visit my family and I'd rather be stuck in Spain than I was in Holland because the weather here is good. I, I got training to do here in the mountains and keep I can stay busy down here. Okay, there's so much to unpack in what you've just said though already. First of all, you're based in Holland, right? But yeah. you, you made your way to Spain. How were you able to do that in the middle of a... I, I take it there was a lockdown going on, not just in Holland, but in, in Spain as well. So how did you manage to do that? Yeah, the lockdown in Spain was pretty messed up uh but i got i think i was a bit lucky to go down we just me and my brother drove down here a few days we, we decided it a few days before we left because we were bored and everything was shut there was no training done in any gyms because it was all closed yeah so we thought let's call mom let's call up mom and dad and see if they think it's all right we can come down because they're a bit older than us and we don't want them to affect affect them if we yeah just to affect them if we had something but they, they thought it was perfectly cool so what we did, we drove down. I think we were really lucky. In Belgium, they had a pause. They said Belgium was going to be difficult to go in, go through. Yeah. But thank God we came through there easily. In France was easy. Luxembourg was easy. And then we came into Spain. And that was pretty, pretty different story because we got stopped and they were asking loads of questions. And we said, no, we're coming here to visit our, our parents. We just made some excuse up. And then they didn't really believe this. And then... They told us to get out of the car, and they were, you know, the Spanish. Some Spanish people, they think they're <laughs> with the, if they have a gun, they think they're all all cool and that. So oh they, wow! They were acting, acting all hard, and they told us, yeah, they were like controlling the cars just in case we had any, just to have some, yeah, just to check if we had some drugs on us or something <laughs> like that. They're just inspecting us. Wow! But we only got stopped two times on the way here, so it was all good. So you managed to brave that security force and you, you made your way to Spain. Well, well done on actually doing that because I'm surprised considering the security protocol, which I understand was in place. Um, I'm surprised you actually got through. So, you know, congrats on that. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. But yeah. 
you're based out of Holland, and um, if my research has has, has actually um, uh, is anything to go by, you're actually training, or you you were training with, um, well, a premier Dutch kickboxer that everybody would know and love, Gegard Mousasi, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I live in Holland. I live in Holland. I train in Holland. I do everything. All my stuff I do in Holland. I just, I, I've been living in, down in Spain for 18 years. And I thought it was just a good idea to come back, back home. Well, just take like a little holiday while it's quarantine anyway. All right. Because um, I suppose that kind of like begs the question. Obviously, in Holland, you had access to training facilities or that was locked down before you left as well? No, that was... It was open, and then our fight got cancelled, and then everything in Holland got was starting to shut down. Well, not shut down. Everything was open. All the people were outside, but I mean, like the training gyms, no, yeah, that was all shut. No, there was no not allowed to be contacted or anything. And in Holland, it's not always nice weather, and it's like it's a small country full of people. So, and if we go down to Spain, we're we're living here like with a huge field, and we can train outside, and we got some friends. Of course, you're not allowed to meet up because in Spain, they're really strict. Oh, wow. Uh, you're not allowed to go out of the house, to be honest, only if, to, if you do shopping. And if they catch you while you're doing shopping, you have to have proof that you're doing shopping. And they'll see if you're far, too far away from home, they'll fine you 600 euros. So, yeah, you, you got to be careful down there. <laughs> so, so, again, so much to unpack. This field that you're training in, how far from your house is the field? Oh, it's just, it, we live like in a... Like, on the beginning of a mountain forest, they like. Right. So, we just open the gate and, yeah, we just run into the forest. We got some uh, sticks hanging up a tree to do pull-ups. We got a, a huge tractor wheel to do, yeah, to lift that thing up and just make our, like, uh, CrossFit exercise, something like that. And I got my brother. He's also, uh, he started also doing professional MMA, beginning... No, end last year. So mm. I got him to do pads. We can hold pads with each other and do some sparring. So you're actually able to get in like some serious workout then? Yeah, yeah. I'm staying in shape. I mean, I'm not getting heavy. I'm still my my stamina is on point. So if I if they they call me and ask me to fight in two weeks, I'm not saying no to that. And yeah. I can make weight. So that's easy. That's good. I mean, okay, let's just pair things back ever so slightly. The last time that I saw you um, was against John Salter. Now, yes. I, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass by saying this, but I per I personally feel that you won that. I mean, just yourself. Oh, thanks, <laughs> just, just yourself. When you were actually um, waiting for that decision, which, you know, I know you're not really used to, having had a look at your back catalogue, you are certainly a finisher. Having w waited for that decision, were you, just like myself, and I suppose other people watching, were you shocked when the decision actually came through? No, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't shocked that my hand didn't go up in the air. I was, I actually expected not to get up. Really? I, I knew I lost, the, I, I knew I lost, uh, how do you say this? I lost the war, but not the fight, or the other way around. Because I believe I only need, I think I have had a minute more. Yeah. I, I would have finished him, or just an extra round. Just give me five rounds. I'm 100% sure I would have finished him. Because, I, I, I mean, the first two rounds, well, especially the first round, I was going in there with, yeah, like a, like a young, like, like a really young fighter. Not so experienced, because I just, I hurt him. And I was like, 
my eyes started to shine and my ears started to close. I was like, God, I got to finish this guy. Yeah. This is my chance. It's the first round. And then, of course, he's a really good wrestler and a, and a ground fighter. So that was his only thing. He, he got me on points. He was on top the whole time, but he didn't do any damage at all. Exactly. Like, the, the morning after, I didn't even have a scratch or anything. I didn't have a little bit of pain. I had a bit of pain on my shin because I kicked him in the head a few times. But that's the only pain thing, painful thing I had. I even <laughs> asked him for a rematch, and he said no. Well, not not that he said no like that. He said, "Oh, I don't want to fight you again." Wow. So, well, that well that must be you know boosting your confidence somewhat. I mean, if he was that confident in that win, he'd want to you know obviously reenact that in emphatic fashion. So, how did the actual um, well, how did you go about? letting him know that you'd like the rematch or was it was it one of these amicable look i've really enjoyed fighting you or was it a case of you you were trying to snatch a a rematch oh, how, how did that occur that, uh, after the fight i was a proper prick if i look back at myself <laughs> I, was, I was an arsehole i just went to his dressing rooms i went to his dressing rooms and his he was like on the floor with the medical with two medicals next to him yeah uh, stitching his stitching his eyes up uh, above the eyelid i mean and his wife was there in tears, and I just went there, like, all angry, like, still ready to go. And I said, you know, <laughs> congratulations with the win. But I want my rematch. I want, I want, this is not over. And then he goes, oh, man, don't your, don't your fist hurt for punching me in the face? I'm like, <laughs> and I look, I look properly, I, I look proper dry at my fist. I was like, no, uh, enjoy your win. I'm coming after you. Uh, enjoy it. See you next time. Wow. And I just left like that. But that, that was a bit of a... Yeah, it wasn't so nice. He sh- I should have been more cool with that. So I wrote him a message a few hours later when I was more down to earth. And I said, hey, man, uh, congratulations with the win, something like that. And if it's okay, I'd like to shake your hand and because uh, I'm going to go in a few hours, going to fly back home to Europe. Yeah. So I'd like to shake your hand and, and say bye to you like a normal person. But he read that a bit too late because it was like, I don't know, like three or two in the morning. And he woke up later and I had to leave at seven in the morning, 7 a.m. Yeah. Wow. Man, that, that is some uh, roller coaster call out. But <laughs> I, I know you're, what, 12 and two now. And the yeah. last loss, I mean, before John Salter, was um, Jake Boswick. Jake Boswick. Yeah. Now, Jake um, was a mainstay on the UK mixed martial arts scene. So, you know, one thing I'm I'm curious about is of those two losses. I mean, what do you feel that you've actually taken away? Because really and truly, I've I've spoken to so many fighters who say they learn more in a loss than they do in a win. What have you taken away from those two losses? Oh, uh, the last the last loss uh, from against John Sauter, I learned that I needed I need to stay cool. I must I must control my anger. Yeah, I'm really trying to focus. Well, I'm really working on that because. Loads of fighters mess up. If they see an opening, they go 100% full out. And that's that's where I fucked up in the fight. Mm. And yeah, and then you start doing things you don't you didn't train. You're doing you're using things in the fight that you're good at it, but you didn't train for it because it doesn't really work against this guy. And with with uh, Boswick, I, I think I won the first round. I lost the second and the third against Boswick, but I couldn't really do much because I broke. He punched me in the beginning of the second round. This was, I think, the first thirty seconds. Yeah, and he broke my eye case, and I was looking to fight with one eye the whole time because the other one was just like having a two fingers in my eyes. Wow! 
Yeah, I was really messed up. I needed to operate. I was, I was half a year out of this because uh, of the, yeah, because of that fight. I couldn't really train anymore. I was getting uh, depressed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I did learn a lot of these fights after after Boswick's fight. Mm. I, I I felt like I became stronger, better human being than I am than I was back then. But after this fight, I'm. I, I, I take this sport so serious. So I, I left. I moved to Holland to 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 get where I want to be with this with the MMA. And this loss, it's a very painful loss. But I know I lost, but I didn't lose. I don't know how to explain that. I lost on my CV, but I didn't lose by yeah the actual experience. Yeah, I I understand where you're coming from, and um obviously that leads us now on to um the matchup which didn't happen which for a long while a lot of people you know were actually rubbing their hands together to see and that was against fabian edwards now obviously the lockdown um put short work to that but i wondered in the actual run-up to that Mm -hmm. um announcement was he someone that you were looking forward to actually facing? Because I remember speaking to you, I think it was in London that I, 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 I last had a conversation with you. And I put it to you that, you know, he was someone that was chasing you. Yeah. Um, were you actually looking at him with the same sort of hunger as he was looking at you? Yeah, I um, I asked Bellator a few times already before John Salter's fight. Before I fought John Salter, I already asked Bellator a few times, I want to fight Fabian. Because he called my name out a few times, I'm like, yeah. yeah, why not? I don't see why why we shouldn't fight. But then he was calling me na- my name out, like I'm a piece of shit or something like that. And I was like, yeah, okay, it's marketing, but dude, have some respect, man. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. He just wants to sell this shit. He just wants to. He just wants to sell this stuff. So yeah, whatever. And I need to stay cool. I'm not really of a of a trash talker. Well, I don't know what this guy what this guy eats for breakfast to start talking every day. <laughs> but <laughs> lately, he's been leaving me alone on uh, on his Instagram. I see. I think he's getting fat and lazy because I saw on his last post someone told me, yeah, he's, he's he posted something about going to uh, or going to how would a light heavyweight division look like? So he must be being lazy. So. Obviously, as I mentioned, that is now on the back burner because we're all under lockdown. Let's just imagine that um, things do pick up, say, I don't know, August, September. Is that something that you want to pick up in terms of an opponent or are you past Fabian now? You're, you're looking at other options. No, no, no. I think I'll have Fabian. I'll, I, like to, I like to fight Fabian. I mean, we both signed the contract already. We were supposed to fight. Well, yeah, we, we should have fought yesterday. Yeah, yesterday we should have fought. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> there was yesterday, yeah. I think so. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. No, I would, I would fight Fabian again. I mean, this guy's got a... He's, he's got people watching him. He hasn't lost the fight. He's got a big mouth. So a lot of people do watch him. And I believe if I fight him and when I beat him, people will be watching me and I'll get more name recognition because he's got a big name recognition because of his brother, of course. Because he's because uh, of his brother Leon Edward, so yeah. Once I beat him, I'll get I'll get the name from his followers, and then I'll I'll try and catch John Salter again. Well, if they want to give me John Salter now, they give me an option to choose from John Salter or 
or uh, Fabian Edwards. Fabian Edwards. I choose John Stones <laughs> because I, w- I want to fly up this ranking. Like I think Fabian is seventh or eighth on the ranking, and John Salter is third. Right. Uh, I just want to catch. I just want to be on the first spot as fast as possible. So like I want to be the next one in line when Musasi goes to light heavyweight, or yeah, goes to a different division. You see that that's the intriguing thing about you know your relationship obviously with. Um, Gegard Mousasi and you're talking about you know wanting to fight the best and obviously <clears throat> excuse me and obviously um, better yourself um, with the opponents that you face doesn't that yeah. put you in a bit of a difficult situation that the closer you get to the belt the further mm-hmm. away you want to be from it if that makes sense because obviously that would mean um, well clashing someone who um, you are obviously training with yeah no I, I know what you mean but Musasi Gegard is 34 years old, and I don't think, well, like the way we speak, we we always train, we always see each other, like nearly every day. Yeah. When I was back in Ireland, so we do hang out a lot. We go out for dinners. We we train together, everybody. But he's he's an older guy. He's 34. I'm 27. He's gonna back off the game a lot sooner than I will. So I don't mind being on second spot. I really don't care. I, I believe in myself, and I believe I'll have the belt sooner or later when time is right. But I'll, I will never fight Musashi. I'll just be second, and then he can be first. And then once he decides he leaves, then I'll be. I'll make sure I'll be the next one fighting for the belt. Or when he goes up a division, I'll also be the next one to be fighting for a belt. Now that's the word that I hear um, a lot of time when um, fighters talk about teammates and possible clashes in the future. Let's just imagine. You see, I like to play matchmaker now and again, but let's just imagine I've got uh, unlimited access to the purse. Now, the purse is Mm -hmm. £1.5 Right? That's the purse. But you have to clash Gegard Musassi. Does it happen? Fuck me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow, you you like these answers, don't you guys? Yep, love them. One point <laughs> five million. One point five million. Yep, that's a lot of money. Mm. Uh, I'd have to think about that if you know the answer. <laughs> uh, I, I'd say, but you know what it is. You know what it is, Michael, right? Yeah, mm. you know what it is, Michael. Yeah. It, it's if if I fight a guy, and just imagine I see Gaylord in front of me. Yeah. I would fight him. I mean, I fight him all day in training. That's no problem. We do hurt each other. But when I'm fighting a guy, and and I'm, and I and I don't, and he's not my friend. I really, I really go in the in the cage to give him hell. I want to giving a real bad beating. And I and I do believe if I if I just imagine I say yes to this. Yeah. And I have him in front of me. I I don't know. It would be like a hard, very hard sparring match. But I I couldn't want to break something of him you know like i don't know i don't know i probably would but i wouldn't be 100 percent myself so you see i suppose that leads me on to the 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 crux of the question what motivates you is it the monetary benefit of fighting or is it titles accolades and legacy yeah no well i started the sport uh, the sport i started the fighting because i loved i loved fighting i liked it and I was good at it, and I didn't even know how much money you could win with this. At the moment, I was just paying. We didn't well, didn't have much money, but I was paying to to fight. Yeah. 
But then I started professional, and then I got 100 euros for a fight. I'm like, wait, I got 100 euros. Let's go to the McDonald's. <laughs> and then, I, then I was getting to Poland, and uh, I was going down to the UK for other fights for, for the organization Phoenix. I was getting more money. I was like, oh, this is nice. Mm -hmm. And of course, before that, I already wanted to be professional. But I didn't start for the money. I Now, of course, I love, I, well, love it. I mean, of course, I need the money to make a future out of it because I'm putting my whole life in the game. After this, what, what do I got? I can give private lessons. What, what the fuck? I don't want to do that my whole life. So I got to make out something out of it now. But yeah, I, I did start. If you come to that question, I did start for the legacy and mm. to inspire people and yeah just for the love of the sport and the game so i mean just on that legacy then i mean would you let's just imagine again i'm playing um mischievous matchmaker here would you yeah. consider going down and fighting say someone like michael venom page you know i've been thinking about that i've been thinking of going to world weight yeah but since i turned 27 i'm getting a bit heavier i don't know what the fuck these numbers are doing on my body <laughs> but since i got to 27 years old it's getting like whoa what's happening to my weight and i don't think i could make i could make well to weight but it wouldn't be a healthy cut and i don't know if i'll be strong enough to fight on that weight you see loads of people they go down they cut a lot of weight and they fight well they don't fight like shit but they fight uh, worse than they actually can fight. Yeah, they stay on the normal healthy weight class. Man, they're like, they're like stars. They're like, yeah, they they, they shine on their class. They, they they shine when they fight, and that's what I want. I want people to see me shine when when I'm fighting. I don't want to see, oh man, he's getting brutally knocked out. Not, I don't want to shine in that way. I want to shine the other way. Yeah, <laughs> you see, it's kind of like linking to my legacy question because. You answered it very, very articulately, and that is, yet yeah, you are in this for legacy. But legacy is also um, tied to names. And for me, Michael Venom Page does represent a, a, a good clash and a good name for you, hence the reason for the question. Plus, you know, I have mm -hmm. to say, when we were speaking in London, I was looking at, you know, um, how you'd actually cut and how you'd actually made weight, and it didn't seem as though it was a problem for you. I mean, the two-part question, what do you actually walk around at, and how difficult would a cut to welter be for you? Uh, I've never tried welterweight. The less the kilos what I did before in a, in a professional fight, mm. well, that was the beginning of the professional fight, was 82 kilos. Okay. That is in pounds, man. But that was 82, 82 kilos. And I think if I would make that weight, that welterweight cut now, I would. I think I will have a proper bad, a bad month, <laughs> let's say, like that, or a bad few weeks. But the cut now, it's, it's of course, every cut is just shit because you need to lose kilos. You need to stop eating junk food, not only for the weight cut but also for the trainings. But then, for in the week, it's yeah, you're always hungry. You see, you start seeing. A lot of nice junk food on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but the way I'm walking out now is uh, 2.010. Oh, okay. 96 kilos, 2.010. Right. I believe. Two, yeah, 96, 97 kilos. Oh, wow. And that's just being, I mean, I'm not fat or anything. I've still got abs, but yeah, now I'm a bit bigger. Okay. Since I 
27. <laughs> <laughs> well, final question, just before we we uh, we um, finish up the actual interview, I, I'm curious, in terms of the future, in terms of actually getting back to, um, I suppose, what we're calling a new normal, have you had any indications from Bellator whether you might be actually getting back in the cage, but behind closed doors and away from the, uh, well, the paying public? Yeah. Well, if if I if I if I'd like that or don't like that, what's, or, what's or, or if if Bellator have given you any indications as to oh. if that would be an option. Well, I've heard some. I was speaking to my manager a few days ago. Nearly, I think it was a week ago. Yeah, and he said he's gonna speak. He was speaking with Bellator about it, and he's gonna call me today, later on in the day, maybe tomorrow. Okay. So he'll probably yeah give me some news about that. He'll probably he said it will be behind closed doors but I don't know what month I think they'll start on July okay August I don't know he'll, he'll tell me one of these days he'll, I'll get a phone call of him so have you had any indication whether that will be in the UK or are, are they looking at restarting that in the States oh I have no idea I hope it's going to be in the UK okay because it's just an hour 50 minutes flying away from home yeah the U, the, in the States it's like what, 12 hours? Oh, okay. That's where to go to. So that's, yeah, that's not cool. It's jet lag and all that stuff. Well, hopefully the next matchup is basically getting back on track with yourself and um, Fabian Edwards. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And, um, you know, uh, fingers crossed it's sooner rather than later because um, we've got no indications at the moment when this lockdown is going to be over. But I noticed, um, obviously, we've just had a, a UFC event and yeah. you know, the, the protocol in terms of safety, whilst it wasn't perfect, it does look like it's, um, well, the way to go in, 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 in the way in which to actually conduct an event. Mm-hmm. They've laid down, <clears throat> excuse me, a blueprint there. That's what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Mr. Van Steenis, it's been fantastic catching up with you and uh, really looking forward to seeing your return back to the cage. All right, thank you very much for the call, man. Anytime. Well, thank you very much, sir. Take okay. care now. Oh,